Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Savior Floyd Johnson. So uh, that's something I use on my uh I use something I use on my other podcast. But I am Floyd Johnson and with me today I got a special guest co host from Keeping It Strong Style. It's the young boy Josh Smith. How you doing, Josh? Oh man, I'm doing so well. Um really excited to be on the show. I'm kinda nervous actually. Dude, nothing to be nervous about. We're just gonna talk about the we're just gonna talk about uh, Elite and our WrestleMania weekends. Yeah. Elite, the the elite, elite. dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I guess I had too good of a weekend because I literally have been sick all week. Uh, since it, since the moment I started feeling like crap, the moment my flight landed in oh, uh, Dallas, and you I don't know measles, right? I don't know what the hell I got. Uh, I don't. I don't. I've been. It was funny because I got here. Uh, Wednesday. I got landed Tuesday. Started feeling like crap, took a bunch of drugs, felt really good Wednesday. Like, oh, I kicked this shit. Thursday. I mean, that's, that's how drugs will make you feel. Yeah, then Thursday was like, <laughs> yeah. Thursday was like, oh, I feel like crap again. Today, I was like, oh, I feel like crap. So I've been on Robitussin and the Quills day and night. And, uh, yeah, and drink, uh, fluids and all that stuff. My uh, fiance's been taking care of me, but it's just like, Hey, watch this show. Watch this. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. So I got everything watched, and um, we're supposed to have somebody else on this week. Uh, she started not feeling well uh, because, you know, apparently New York is a horrible, horrible place that makes everybody sick. 
Uh, and then uh, you gotta wash your hands. Yeah, touching those, touching all those subway rails. You don't know what you're touching. You do. <laughs> Apparently, I was just like, hey, man, my body was not ready for the germs from New York, and neither were hers. So I was like, I called in the last second fill in. I was like, hey, Josh, oh my God. what are you doing? See. See, so you're, you're ruining my, you're ruining the gimmick. You need to make it seem like I was always planned to be the guest host. <laughs> well, uh, me and Josh were, uh, me and Josh were walking through New York last week. One of us drunk, one of us not. We're not, doesn't matter which Whoa. one of us is. And he's like, he's like, why haven't I been on the show yet? And I was like, dude, you can be on the show <laughs> any time you want to. I was oh, like, man. so yeah, so. I was like, I'm gonna hit up Josh, see see if he's watched all the of the week in the elite. Um, sorry, there was no show last week. I like my whole plan was to record right before I left for WrestleMania, and once you get to New York, you're literally sleeping or on the way somewhere, or doing the actual thing. It's one of those three things because it's so busy. So I had no idea how just how crazy subways and shit were so um uh i didn't i was like oh i i got to the point i was like well let me try to record something real quick so i'm half sleepily trying to record something for last <laughs> week and i'm like this is shit so I, that's what i put up the post and i'm like this is not very good so you know what, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it wasn't i'm sure it was pretty good actually yeah i was like this is well it didn't feel good to me i was like you know what and i don't i and we were just talking about this. So when you said you watch the shows, you don't believe in doing anything half-assed. That's how I work. I mean, I love wrestling too much to do anything half-assed. And all I'm doing is talking about it, and I fucking love that. So I don't You know, I was actually um, – I was having some uh, – I don't know what you want to call them, but I was having some issues myself. I actually had to go to the ER this past week. But uh, um, some symptoms started popping up on me during the uh, – suplex mania podcast and so like i don't really remember doing the suplex mania podcast um the good th i haven't listened to it back yet i've heard good things like we've gotten a lot of positive feedback and it was a great time so hopefully it turned out okay but like i was zonked out like during that whole thing and uh yeah i came home and i still had some uh it wasn't really sickness but i had something else kind of going on i ended up having to go to the hospital it was kind of crazy luckily i'm uh alive <laughs> but yeah man i mean uh, New York was crazy. The um, luckily I did um, figure out the subway system. I I thought it was gonna be because I get lost. I've got a terrible sense of direction, but I I think it was pretty easy to navigate. Honestly. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I, that's me. Uh. If you tell me northeast, southeast, east or west, anything like that, I generally can't figure it out. I'll have to pull out like a compass app because I'm like I don't know what the hell. I don't know where uh, we're going. So, uh, but it, yeah, it was really easy. There was a lot of signs there. Good job not dying. As I've messaged you before, I only have one rule for my friends. You're not allowed to die before me. So good job uh, not dying. <laughs> uh, so uh, that is, uh, th that was uh, great as far as that part. But uh, as far as mania and getting around New York was, it's it's a lot of energy. But for, as an Oklahoman boy, that's, you know, they call it Southwest, but I think sometimes we're closer to the South as far as our behaviors. New York and the attitudes of the people were a little difficult for me to. Uh, 
Yeah, you see, that's that's the funny thing. It's like I'm in Florida, so technically I'm like in the deep south, but like it's different here. Like the further no- north you go in Florida, the more southern it is, and then as you get like to mi- like the midsection of Florida, like where I live, Tampa, it's pretty midwestern and uh, northeastern, like as far as like the type of people that are here. And then you keep going south, and then it just gets Cuban, and you have to speak Spanish. So, uh, like, I'm I'm here, but it's really not southern at all. Like, uh, Tampa's a pretty big city, so I'm very used to you know northeastern attitude and how people are there. Yeah, I was in a. Uh, I am very much a, as you've met me, a happy go lucky person. Very positive. The things that I am on the show is how I am in real life. I was in a. I was in a bodega. And I was buying something, and there was no one else. Oh, in I the, love the bodegas. There was no one else in the bodega but me. It was like five o'clock in the morning, me catching catching a train somewhere, and this dude was like, "I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I was going slow. I have no problem admitting I was going slow." And he was trying yeah. to rush. He was trying to rush me, and I was like, "Do you have somewhere to be?" And like me, I'm not. A, I'm not a catch attitude with a person at all. But he caught me at five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, "Do you have somewhere to be? Is there someone? Be- like- is there someone behind me uh, that uh, needs to go? Why are you rushing it me?" Like he was about to uh, catch these hands, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It was. He had pissed me off because it was like I could understand subways, all that stuff. There's generally ten people behind you, but it was <laughs> literally four o'clock in the morning, and there was one person in the store, and he was still rushing me. No, well, I wasn't. Had- I wasn't having it. We were in Queens. We had this amazing bodega, like just walking distance from our Airbnb. Every morning, I would get uh, egg, cheese, and pastrami um, on a roll, like three bucks, bro. Oh my god, it was amazing. I loved it so much. I got one every single morning. Dude, so jealous of you. Uh, I was like, I ate so much. I ate a lot of street food. I ate a lot of. I had pizzas, hot dogs, that kind of stuff. The stuff yeah. I ate a lot of street food, so in that way, I had a very New York experience. But a lot of times on the events, I was going to so many events, that I didn't really have time to like any, you know, like the take New, in New York. You take in New the... York. The only thing I did was uh, that last day or that Tuesday I was there. The I mean Monday uh, for Raw, we went to Juniors in Brooklyn, and that move food was amazing. It was amazing. But it was funny, the waitress experience, like as opposed to Oklahoma to New York, she was rude to me. But apparently that's just how waitresses are there, you know. That's how it is, man. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is – and, of course, I'm older. Uh, a lot of, I don't look it, but I am almost 38 years old. So uh, when uh, – I'm kind of setting my ways and how, how interactions with people are supposed to go. But it was great meeting everyone that I met uh, – uh, I'd already met Josh and Jeremy, but it was great seeing y'all again. I met Rich for the first time, James Boyd. I mean, I was meeting everybody. Uh, I met the people from the Super J cast. I met Rich Krejci from the Voices of Wrestling, which was kind of awesome. Uh, I was like, I always wonder if that's his radio voice or if that's his voice. I'm like, that's, that's how, how he talks. That's how he talks. I'm like, dude. So it was cool meeting Rich Krejci. Uh I actually saw Joe Lanza, but he was on his phone. He looked like he was – intently doing something so well, he's, a good, he's a good family man a good family man so i just left him alone but i saw him <laughs> i know what he looks like now uh that's good 
I'd actually, I'd actually hung out with Joe the previous Mania. He's a real good guy, actually. But um, what's funny is um, I'd kind of put him over to the rest of the Social Suplex guys because they weren't really Voices of Wrestling listeners prior to last year. And so they didn't understand why I was marking out from meeting him. I, you know, I was like, this is so cool. But now they're like avid listeners. So like Rich was like, uh, you know, Rich Latta was like, I want to go talk to him. What do I say? I was like, you walk up to that man, you say, are you the Kenta Kobashi of sex? <laughs> That's funny. That's that, exactly what they did. And he was like, yes, I am. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was like I said, it was cool. But like he was obviously doing something. And again, in my Oklahoma nature, when someone's busy, you leave them alone. Apparently in New York, you just go up to him, punch him in the chest, and say, hey, what up? I don't know. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, apparently that's how it rolls in New York. Uh, I had a guy, a, a New York experience. I was ro- uh, going to uh, WrestleCon, and the guy was like, hey, hey. And I started looking around. He's like, no, you. He's like, I'll give you a couple of bucks to help me move a piano. Ooh, nah. <clears throat> and you know what? Nah, Steve. In my he head, did it, you? no, no, nothing in that sentence sound appealing to me. <laughs> First of all, I don't need a couple bucks. I'm good. Uh, moving stuff on vacation, a piano, like my feet and legs are literally like, I was like, no, I'm trying to find out where I'm going. Uh, thanks. I'm busy. I feel like I feel like your natural reaction would be, uh, I'm not going to do that. But here, I'll give you a couple bucks to help you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is more than that's more of my reaction. I was like, I will pay somebody else to help you. No, so, and then it was funny because I went to the Chase Bank and I came out and I actually needed directions. And he was like the only one in view. And I just walked past him because I was like, damn it. I just said I was busy and now I'm still here. I was like, you you guys don't even, you guys don't even realize how like generous, like when uh, Floyd says he's generous, like that's like a legit, that's a shoot. Uh, Like the whole time we're in New York, he's like, let me buy you this. I'm like, no, man, I'm good. Let me buy you this. Floyd, I'm good. Floyd. <laughs> Always, constantly. It's dude, awesome. Dude, people are like, yeah. I just, I, honestly, it's just like one of those things. It's like we, we were at, I guess, uh, one of the carts, and the dude wanted a hot dog, and he looked really hungry, and he didn't have cash. Oh, yeah, I was with you. Yeah, and I just, like, gave the guy the money and said, that's cool. He's like, I can just Venmo it to you. I'm like, dude, it's whatever. It's like I. It's like when I'm on trips and stuff like that. That's the, like, I work hard, so I don't have to worry about money. You know, that's right. a very big thing with me. I work a lot of hours, so I don't have to worry about money. And I, yeah, I don't. I'm like, I was good. I actually, I actually, this is the mania. I did the best with money. I was super under budget on this mania. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't do so well. You know, most of the time I was fine, but then late at night have a couple beverages and uh you get home you're like where'd my money go i don't know what was i doing not sure <laughs> dude if the but, uh, pe- people had showed up at that bar that night with us yeah i probably wouldn't have been under budget <laughs> but um i'm really glad to be on this show one of the things i you know i don't normally put myself over very hard and i'll be the first to say that i'm not the biggest contributor to social suplex um, you know, I would probably say a lot of that goes to, uh, to Rich and Jeremy. They, they kind of are like the masterminds behind everything, but I will take credit for this one thing. All things elite was my idea. <laughs> um, because before the show like was birthed and, and you came on Floyd, like every, like I knew as soon as like AW was a thing, I was like, we have to have a show. 
and everyone was like, yeah, we'll definitely get a show. I was like, no, we have to have a show. And it was like, sometimes we can be procrastinators and like, I was literally on like Rich and James every, or I'm sorry, uh, Rich and Jeremy, like every day I was like, we have to have a show. We have to have a show. Who can host a show? And like, we were like just racking our brains and like, I was literally bugging them. Like, because I was like, dude, AEW is going to be one of the biggest things like going. We have to be one of the first people to have shows for this. It's a big deal. And then, uh, you know, and then luckily we were able to reach out to you and, uh, you know, get you on board, which, you know, we were thrilled to, you know, have that happen. But, um, you know, I would say that like, this is one of the few things that I've ever been like, guys, we have to do this. We have to do this. And like, now it's here and you know, you're doing awesome. And I'm like, you know, it's like a reality and I'm like, Oh, it's so cool. I get to like be on the show that I wanted to be on our network for so long. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy. I, I was doing my other show around the ring and it was basically becoming an elite show. You know what I mean? Cause I'm such yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I'm such a huge mark for the elite that I was talking about the elite, like a huge portion of the show. So when y'all came to me, it was like perfect because I was, you know, I followed the, I followed uh, the Bucks, I followed the elite. I every piece of news that I can get, I was listening to Melter every morning just to try to find out new nuggets. So it was like, oh, this is perfect. And I feel like my attitude in general, as far as my super positive attitude, goes along with the lines what of the, uh, uh, what the elite are trying to put out. So I think uh, those two things line up as far as my consciousness and what they try to put out every week. So I think this will be fun because I'm a big – I like to have fun. I love the shows, and I think that's what they're trying to do. I think they are trying to put out an atmosphere of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what's the, the funny thing is like I'm – I wouldn't say that I'm the biggest mark for the elite. Um, you know, my fandom of them – uh, obviously generates from me covering new Japan, you know, for, for, you know, the past, you know, year and a half or however long it's been. And then my prior fandom of new Japan. So, I mean, that's always been my exposure to them. And I'm, I'm not one of these gatekeeper fans who's like, Oh, they're ruining new Japan, the Western expansion. Like I, I definitely appreciate them and I, I've always been fans, but I'm not a super Mark, you know, yeah. for, for AEW. Although I will say, everything that they've promised and everything that that all the directions that they're taking the company have been nothing but like a, a breath of fresh air and you know a very promising thing but i'm also a pessimist so i'm like kind of i don't want to dive in full head yet and be like this is the shit because <laughs> i don't know like i'm like everything that they're saying that they're going to do um would just be incredible if it happens, but I've never seen it in my lifetime. So I'm still a little hesitant, but like so far everything looks great. And I'm so excited for, you know, for this product. And um, I'm like kind of jealous that you have this show. Cause I was like, I wish I was covering the elite. <laughs> they brought, they brought me to new Japan and ROH. I hadn't watched new Japan ever. And I, I had, you know, been like in and out of ROH, but when Cody yeah. signed with ROH, that was my first show back. His first match with Jay Lethal in ROH was my first show watching ROH. Um, Cody's uh, Cody's first match with New Japan, believe his like first full match was at that Wrestle Kingdom against Kota, or is it was it Juice? I don't remember. Uh, the uh, the Kenny Omega uh, 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 Okada Wrestle Kingdom. Cody yeah. was at, Cody was on there. Do you remember who he wrestled? 
Yeah, Wrestle Juice. That was his debut match. Yeah, Wrestle J Juice. That's what brought me. That was my first New Japan show ever. I had watched New Japan matches, but that was my first New Japan show ever. So the, I mean, that's that's like one of the all time greatest Wrestle Kingdoms. Yeah, the Elite brought me to New Japan. So and then the Elite brought me back to ROH. I stuck. Now that they kind of left, I still watch New Japan. I'm still going to the show. Uh, I'm still going to the show in July. I, I've stuck with ROH. I'm still an Honor Club member with ROH. So it's just like anyone that says, hey, they did any damage. No, they brought fans in. And I was able to see how New Japan uh, – <coughs> that was a bit Te- of a coughing fit. Sorry. Technical I, difficulties. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a coughing fit. I was able to see how New Japan presented wrestling, and I fell in love with it. And I – love New Japan and how they present wrestling. I, I don't think there will ever be a time in my life after this that I don't watch New Japan wrestling. Just because I know I love Okada, I love Ishii. I, I do. I love those people. But just the way they present wrestling is always going to appeal to me because they present it like it's a shoot. It's all about Taguchi. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, <laughs> hey, hey. Them hip attacks. Them hip attacks is fire. I, I like the way he does comedy wrestling better than I like the way comedy wrestling is presented in almost any other company. Have you gotten a chance to check out much Michael Nakazawa yet? No, not at all. Oh uh, my god, you're gonna, bro. If you think if you think like Taguchi and Yano are clowns, like wait till you see Nakazawa. Like this man's different level. Like oh my god. Are but you? Yeah, are y'all gonna be able to make the trip up to uh, Daytona Beach? You know what? I um I'm glad that I am on this episode because we're gonna talk about the uh the CEO show. Yeah. And I actually was in attendance last year. I'm hoping to go this year. Um, obviously it's a lot of wrestling between the Mania weekend and then uh we're gonna be in uh, attendance at the G1 in Dallas with uh you, <laughs> Floyd, which is gonna be awesome. And then um you know I kind of have a tough decision to make whether I go to fight for the fallen or whether I go to uh fighter fest or whether i go to both of them <laughs> it's sad i can't i i can't go to either one and that's oh, man. as the aew person uh, that really does suck for me because i don't get to say i don't say no at all you know i go to everything well i am also getting married in between those july 18th so those two things are in pretty much a dead period where i'm not allowed to go anything well, here's here's the great thing. You don't have to be there because you're going to be able to watch it, you know, on Fight TV or whatever channels that oh, they're that, uh, broadcasting. Yeah. And with the connections that this network has and that you have in this industry, you're definitely going to have some sort of correspondent that's going to give you firsthand, you know, account what's going on. And, you know, they'll probably be a guest on your show. So, I mean, um, Boom. it'll help, you know, progress what you're doing, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I will not miss much after that. I. Whenever they do the TV tapings, wherever it is, I will definitely be there. Uh, and I know they're going to – I've heard the rumors about the Chicago show in Chicago Labor Day weekend. I definitely plan on being there because Chicago's my kind of town. Yeah. Well, yeah. the good thing is that these – you know, with the kind of schedule that's rumored, they're going to have plenty of shows. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think they're going to have a long future ahead of them. So, I mean – you know, it's it, it's there's just gonna be so many shows in the future. So I mean, plenty of opportunities. It's gonna be awesome. 
All right, so the big AEW news from last week, and it was honestly the biggest piece of news that came out of AEW, was that JR signed with AEW, and he's going to be a part of the uh, commentary team. I think he's going to be more of the color guy as opposed to uh, the play-by-play guy uh, is going to be dude, damn it. I had his name like five seconds ago, like committed to memory, and I don't know why it's not coming to me right now. I might have just coughed it out. But uh, Excalibur is going to be the other color guy. What do you think about JR being on the team? You know, um, I think that that's a really smart move, honestly. And I think it's a uh, it, it, it's something that a lot of people have had a lot of opinions one way or the other on. You know, um, there seems to be a contingent of fans who are against it, whether it's AEW fans who are hesitant because of some of the um, performances that JR had when he was with New Japan. Um, there's also fan or, you know, people who I think are anti AEW who are like WWE fans who are like diehards. And they're like, Oh, well these guys said that they were going to do something new and fresh, but you know, they're turning around and hiring, you know, a washed up, you know, WWE announcer commentator but I think a lot of people are missing the point when they say those sorts of things because the reality is Jim Ross is one of the two or three greatest, you know, co- uh, color commentator guys ever in the history of the sport. Um, and beyond that, he also is the former head of talent relations for WWE, and he's had his hand in some of the biggest, you know, wrestling companies, whether it's Mid South. Jim Crockett Promotions, WWE, you know, and all the other ventures he's been a part of. He's one of the most valuable assets to a to a fledgling wrestling company that you could possibly have. So I I feel like people are being a little short sighted when they when they um, try to criticize this uh, decision, basically. And you know what? And it's great to have you on because since you host, um, you since you host the New Japan show, you have had the most recent interactions with Jim Ross from a critical point of view. You've heard his commentating and had it critique it. And the fact that honestly, kind of the fact that you're okay with it, kind of, kind of like, you know, kind of puts his perspective that anybody that wouldn't be okay with it. The thing about Jim Ross is this, he, while he was covering new Japan and he would not take this as an excuse, he was kind of going through a personal tragedy in his life. So that's true. And it was like, simply put, if if that happened to me right now and and you were listening to this show every week, it wouldn't be very good. Because it would be the last of my focus in life. So uh, he I mean, unfortunately, he did lose his wife. So he was going through a lot of things. And, you know, AEW is going to be I think it's going to be a renewal for him. And he's going to be more of the color guy. And then the uh, then the actual commentator, which is Alex Marvez, yeah. Jim Ross is going to be more of the color guy, so he's not going to have to know the backstories as much, as opposed to he can just add a little bit into like how dudes are working the matches, different mindsets of the wrestlers, how everything's put together, as opposed to being the voice. Like I even said when he was on Access, I would have preferred Kelly, Kevin Kelly be the commentator. And Jim Ross be the color guy, and I thought I I thought he would have been well better at that because 
Kevin Kelly could have directed them at which one was uh, right. evil, which one was Bushy, and Jim Ross could have just talked about wrestling, which he knows he has forgotten more about wrestling than I will ever know. So I, I just want to give that give that to shout out, and of course I have to defend my Oklahoma boy, Jim Ross. Uh, yeah, he's been. Can, he, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think we got uh, cut up a little bit. That's weird. Yeah, I was like, it was just a little pause in there. Uh, Justin Roberts, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, we're good. What What I was saying was that we've we've actually had conversations in the past with Chris Charlton on our show, um, and I've also listened to uh, podcasts with Kevin Kelly, and something that they've talked about is how when you have somebody who's more experienced and senior on the mic that they can kind of lead less experienced announcers who are very talented but kind of produce them. And throughout the years, I've heard many people say this about Jim Ross, whether it's uh, been Paul Heyman or Jerry Lawler or any number, even Michael Cole. Different guys have said that one of his key talents and one of his main assets, it's not just his ability to, to uh, you know, create a moment and to call play-by-play, play, but it's the ability to uh, – enhance the guys that he's with and kind of produce them if you will and so i think with alex marvez and excalibur who are both pretty talented i'm not as familiar with alex marvez i know his connection to you know to melter and all that but i've listened to excalibur for a while now excalibur is great but he is a guy that needs a little bit of producing and a little bit of direction i do feel like that's going to be jim ross's role you know even if he's not doing all the talking but the fact that he'll be able to kind of sharpen everything and kind of direct everybody because i don't anticipate these guys having a vince mcmahon in their ear you know what i mean absolutely so i think that that's where one of the key benefits the other thing too is um you know with jim ross calling you know new japan it was very clear that this was not a product that he was a fan of honestly i think that he was a fan of certain um wrestlers and certain match styles but the product overall was not something that he was passionate about, and it, it really came through, especially during the live um, commentating. So I do feel like in this case, it's going to be, like you said, a, a fresh start because, you know, you have to think about somebody's mindset. You know, if they're just calling New Japan and they know they're not going to be like the main, they're not ever going to go to Japan and be the play-by-play guy. What future does he have there? Plus, he's not a fan. It's kind of like a dead end for him to a degree, even though it's a big company. Whereas here, this is something that he can really sink his teeth into and get excited about and feel like he has a purpose and a use and that he's contributing to building something. And, you know, I've always found that when people have a purpose and have direction of what they're doing, then it's easier to get them to be passionate about it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just human nature. You're going to do a better job when you actually care as opposed to just drawing a check. I yeah. mean, and I think for New Japan, New Japan was a the check. They said, hey, call these matches then as we try to do our Western uh, Western uh, globalization and we're trying to move into the West. And he was like, that's a big check. I'll take it. Yeah. And like, you know, and he gave them, he, 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 you know, I would say he gave them his best effort, but that would probably be a lie. <laughs> he gave them an, an effort. 
there, there were certain matches on access. If you listen to those, there were times where he was great. Honestly, I mean, I, I wouldn't knock him at all. And I mean, like I said, when you talk about Jim Ross, you're talking about Jim Ross being right up there with Gordon Soley. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tony Schiavone. I mean, you know, uh, Gorilla Monsoon. He's one of the all-time greats. Um, he, he's literally the voice of my childhood. Like, yeah. And, literally. And the, the, the target demographic that they're going after, you know, people that are in their, you know, mid to late 20s. You know, they are going for obviously they're going to also target a younger demographic, but they are trying to target the diehard wrestling fans who are in our general age range. We're very familiar with Jim Ross. You know what I mean? And so they're doing something fresh with Alex Marvez. They're doing something fresh with Excalibur. There's nothing wrong with mixing in a familiar name that not only are fans um, familiar with and comfortable with, but probably TV executives are familiar with advertisers are familiar with him you know what i mean the wrestling talent is familiar with him he's big league you know what i mean if you want to have a big big league production you've got to have a name like that and so i think anyone who's criticizing it and saying like oh well they're that's such a cop-out and they're no man you're missing the point this is one of the most talented <laughs> yeah you know what chris what chris jericho is to the roster uh jim ross is to the broadcast team uh, absolutely that's that's such a that's a perfect way to put it honestly yeah so uh, they also announced uh, Alicia Toot will be the backstage interviewer, and Justin Roberts will be the ring announcer. So I have those Justin Roberts, if you're a WWE fan, you've heard that name. Alicia Toot has been more involved in wrestling over the last few years, doing her interviews. She's Is it a toot or a tout? It's a toot. I actually, I actually met her at uh, Starcast, and I asked her for the correct pronunciation, and uh, she said it is a toot. Uh, a Canadian, so that's the, you know, she's like, you always try to, y'all Americans try to Americanize it, is the exact quote. She's like, it's a toot, not a tout. Wow. We had a, uh, we had an entire interview with her on, on Social Suplex, and uh, the interviewer called her a tout the entire time. <laughs> and she never, she never corrects them. But she I, never corrects them. I, but I decided, you know, me, I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for pronunciation, because, uh, and so I asked her, and she said, it's a toot. So out here big league in it. No, it's like it's like a poot. <laughs> and that's that's how I think uh, I think I think toot toot when I think of her name. That's how I remember it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as familiar with her. I know of her work with Impact and then obviously she's been very involved with uh you know, interviewing people just in general in the music industry. Uh so I think that's probably a good move. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are very familiar with her. Um Justin Roberts though, he's He's a great ring announcer. So I mean, there yeah. it sounds like they're really compiling a good like team right now for yeah. their uh, broadcast. He works at Oklahoma Indies a lot, so I've met him quite a few times. He's a oh, very nice. very tan person, very tan. It, it's always funny. I tell him that all the time when I uh, when I run into him, like you're just so tan. The the other funny thing is they've they signed Hugo Savinovich, who was like the it, main. Um, commentator for wwe like through all the 90s up into like the early 2000s spanish language announcer i wonder if his yeah. t i wonder if his table is going to be broken in uh aw also i mean wrestling wrestling tradition demands that yes you, you the spanish announced team your table has to go down <laughs> I, I, no but uh yeah it's like i always said they had to be the most flexible announced team on the roster because they knew they were going to be doing half the show without a table. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, but uh, yeah, definitely love that. I think they did a really good job with the announced team. I liked him, and I'm not very familiar with Alex Marvez, but you know what he's done. He definitely has a good voice. He, uh, from what I, I saw on uh, double the last week's Double or Nothing, he does mock matches. He calls mock mock matches, and he's really working in his craft to be the voice of AEW, and I think that'll work. And Excalibur, long history with the Bucks. Um, I've actually, uh, you, you can shake your head at me now. I, I am a wrestling mark, but I've never watched a full PWG show. So, honestly, I've never really heard him. Um, my question, are they going to make him uh, take off the mask, or are they going to allow him to keep that? I think I think the mask is his gimmick. It didn't seem like they were going to make him take it off. Wow. That that would seem pretty. Um, that's that's an interesting move. Obviously, I'm I'm in favor of that. I just wonder how like advertisers and television stations would perceive that sort of thing. You know? Yeah, I, I it's big. You know, they're big on from what I, I from what I've noticed from the shows. They're big on letting the talent be who they are. That's great. Yeah, and it's like to take the mask off of Excalibur. I'm he's just not like, Excalibur anymore. He's not Excalibur. He's uh, whatever his real name is, uh, according <laughs> to Wikipedia, Mark Letzman. He's not, you know, he's not Excalibur. I mean, to be Excalibur, he has to have the mask on. And I, it, it adds to a mysteriousness to his gimmick, too. I also see here that Jim Ross is going to be moving into a senior advisor role. So that's also a key thing with him coming on. You know, this this move to get him involved is not simply so he could be a commentator, but also to help advise you know, um, management, which, you know, him being a consultant, it goes back to what I said earlier, like his years and years, I mean, we're talking decades and probably like what, 30, 40 years of involvement with the wrestling industry on the top level. Um, it's, it's invaluable what he can bring to the table and to help them, you know, navigate through rest, you know, through running a wrestling company. Yeah. Being, uh, he was the talent relations guy for WWE for a long time. He was responsible for signing Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, Mick Foley. He was like, you know, he saw the guys and he's always built a good roster. So, like, it's one of those things, you know, he's going to have his hand on a lot of different things in the because uh, people are going to use him for his wealth of knowledge in the wrestling business. Yeah, and, I mean, he's worked on the booking committee for WCW before, he was, um, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Who, uh, who was the uh, promoter in Bill Watts? Yeah, Bill he Watts. he was he was um, Bill Watts like protege. He was like his right hand man. Um, he helped him all those years. He helped he actually helped them do the merger. You know, broker the merger between them and Jim Crockett back in the eighties. Um, I mean, Jim Ross has done and seen it all. You know, so it, it, that's that's a big deal. One thing I would say to anyone who is hesitant about Jim Ross, there's probably people listening and they're hesitant, you know, and probably a little skeptical. I would say you probably have good reason to feel that way given Jim Ross's track record the past few years. It's not like, you know, Jim Ross in 2019 is not Jim Ross in 1999, you know, but I would say we should probably approach it with a little bit of optimism. You know, because I believe that him being involved with this project is going to spark something. And, you know, I, I just think he is going to do a good job, honestly. And I think it's going to overall be a good move. And, you know, if it's not, 
all parties involved will probably take action and and you know do what's best for 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 the business. But I'm optimistic. I think that you know he's been involved with this industry for such a long time, and you know he's not my favorite personality, and I don't agree with all his opinions. But I do think you know, so I'm not a stand for uh, for Jim Ross, but I just think it is going to work out really well, honestly. And I think that fans should be just optimistic about it and hopeful that it it does turn out to be a good move. Well, I am an absolute stand for Jim Ross, but <laughs> I will tell anyone his New Japan stuff sucked. I am one of the per- I'll be the first person to say and be honest. It made it like hard for me to watch some of the shows. Like, yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, it was frustrating, and it was more of you know you to look at somebody as and exalt them as high as I do with Jim Ross, and to say, oh, he doesn't even know all the wrestlers' names at times. Yeah, I was disappointed. So you don't get my, my, my biggest problem with him in, in New Japan, and I don't want to diverge or like, you know, go off the rails too much. It wasn't so much that he couldn't remember wrestlers names because that's understandable. It was when he would start to bury what was going on with the product during the ring. Yes, you know? absolutely. Like the count outs and is that a disqualification or not a disqualification? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember the I remember the things he said. I'm like, dude. Nope. And, and you know what? There's a, there's a time and place to do that, but not when you're the commentator. The commentator's job is to enhance the the the, the product and make it more enjoyable for the for the viewer. Not everything in every wrestling company does make sense, and I think they do some nonsensical things in New Japan that I, you know, me as a podcaster, we take you know offense to it and we will point it out. But if I was commentating for that company and I'm trying to put over the talent and the show. I'm not going to bury it on the air. And that's something he was doing a lot. And that was the one thing that was like, Jim, like you're a pro bro. You know, better than this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Um, I was big on, yeah, I was, I was big on that. I will say when he does stuff, that's not great. I'm like, I, I, I love Jim Ross. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but, and anything he does now is not going to change any of the love I've built up over the last, what, 30 years of my life that I've been listening to him commentate. It's just, you know what, sometimes the product passes you by. I don't think he's at that point. I think he can catch up. Uh, he's had some uh, – He's had some. I think he knows to be with AEW, they are a forward-thinking, progressive company. So yeah. you're going to either catch up with their line of thinking – or you're not going to work out. I, I do think that there will be some silliness and some, um, yeah. you know, shenanigans. It's, you know, they're going to be entertaining. I mean, yeah. we saw yeah. that from All In. We know it from being the elite. We know it from the wrestling that they've done internationally. But with that being said, I think that this will be a much more accessible product for him. And he's clearly a fan of these guys. I mean, he's watched them and it's, you know, he's very familiar with their work. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I think I think he's literally known Cody his whole life, like since birth. You know that's that's a that's a friendship, that's a type of mentorship that you know you can't compete with. You know that's the Cody Rhodes. Why Jim Ross? Because he's fucking Jim Ross. Is what he said. <laughs> yeah, it's that simple. It's like that's why you know. So very excited about that. Uh, I I I wanted. That was kind of what we missed from last week. We didn't really get to talk about that. Uh, I lo- you know, like I said, adding a little Oklahoma favor- flavor to all elite wrestling, it's always going to be a good thing in my mind because, you know, I am Oklahoma boy. But <laughs> uh, uh, so this week, 
Uh, we had uh, Being the Elite. What episode was this? It was episode 146, Piss Ant. Um, it was interesting episode. Uh, I watched it again today because I was trying to uh, make sure uh, make sure I could talk about it. But it was it looks like it was just a lot of stuff from the C2E2 uh, week. Um, what did you think of this week's episode, sir? Um, well, the first thing I will say is that I haven't been watching um, Being the Elite. What's funny is like up until a certain point, I'd seen every single episode. But um, around the time that we started doing your show, my show stopped covering it, so I kind of lapsed. Um, I did notice that the audio was bad this week. I will say that. Like the audio was very rough, which it's not always great, but like especially this week it was bad. But there was some stuff in the in the episode that I thought was really funny, like in the opening se- uh, segment when they're in Chicago and um, Kenny's trying to convince uh, the Bucks of how much of a uh, basketball fan he is. And like he doesn't know anything. <laughs> Dude, you know what is funny? Because I get that experience when people haven't watched wrestling in a long time. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and they're trying to talk to you and be like. Dude, man, I, I love Stone Cold. I love The Rock. How they're doing? I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah. bro, no. Have you ever heard was, of Seth Rollins? Who? What's a Seth Rollins? It was Rollins? so funny when he um he's looking at the statue. He's like, that's the guy. He was uh, in the movie, you know, with the Looney Tunes. And they're like, that's Michael Jordan. That's yeah. the greatest basketball player of all time. And like, you stupid idiot. You dumbass. You know nothing about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that that was pretty funny. Yeah, I started laughing there, almost died. Uh, but, oh. yeah, no, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, yeah, yeah, he knows nothing about basketball. And it's great. That's great because I love Kenny, but he's one of those people that's good at everything, so it's good that he doesn't know something, you know. Yeah. It's, that, it's, that... yeah and he does not know anything about basketball. And uh, the next scene actually made me crack up because it's MJF with Brandy. And oh, they, I love it. They've had some magic, and uh, MJF talks about uh, Cody and says he's crazy because uh, he's crazy because you know he quoted uh, the scene from Rocky Balboa, and I think he was trying to be a mentor to me. And, and Brandy grabs him by and's like, "You watch how you talk about uh, watch, watch how you talk about my husband because he's not crazy; he is fucking insane." I was like, "Yes, yes." Yeah, yes. and then she kissed him on the cheek, she- and I was like. <laughs> I was like, this is gold. Yes, because they are the perfect couple because they are, they can be, they are a little crazy. They get this whole wrestling business thing. And then, uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, MJF just pushes, uh, pushes the uh, Michael guy in the, uh, he had a wrestling name or whatever, but I know, his, I know him as Mike. And uh, he pushes him I don't him know who arm. that is. I know he's like talent relations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they pushed him in. Uh, they pushed him in the water. His is Michael Silari is the name I see on okay. there. Uh, when he was a wrestler, he was QT Marshall. Oh, that's who that is. Yes, and I heard. Them, oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, they talk about him like. So a lot of times when I'm listening to other shows that cover the elite, they refer to him as QT Marshall, and it's very confusing because they call you know they have Michael up there as his name. <coughs> But yes, his wrestling name was QT Marshall. And so he gets pushed in the water by MJF. 
because MJF is an asshole, and that was funny. Um, yeah, the M- the MJF bits are probably right now by far the most interesting um, and most hilarious thing that I I think is going on being the elite right now. A lot of the bits are kind of I wouldn't say dry, but you know, there's how long has the show been going? Like two, almost three years now. Yeah. And like, he's like a breath of fresh air. Like everything he does right now is magic. Like, yeah, it's my favorite thing on the show. Yeah. I mean, like this episode's already at 170,000 people watching it and that's finding it on YouTube. So it's just like, you know, they're still, they're still strong. It's just every week, depending on the episode. Cause I've seen it go over 200, 300,000 especially the one where they announced the AEW one. I, I don't remember how many that was at, but it, it got an incredible number. Uh, they're, but, they're almost getting into keeping a strong style territory with their downloads. You know it. You know it. <laughs> you know, people can't get enough of the young boy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We add, dude, if we ever get 100,000 downloads on any episode, I will, uh, I will, I will guarantee – and I'm a man of my word. I will I will strip down to my underwear and run around my neighborhood if we ever get a hundred thousand episodes so it's downloaded or anything. No one wants to see that, but I would still do it. <laughs> That's awesome. No, but uh yeah, um we had uh interaction between Cody and Sammy, and it's funny you get to see the other side of Cody in this one. Cody is becoming like a, a straight up Bond villain or like like it's like his take on the Godfather or something. Like it's hilarious. Like him just like drinking like fine scotches and like smoking cigars and he's got a cane and yeah, he's just becoming this like distinguished like villain gentleman or something like that. It's great. Yeah, and he kind of went off on Sammy Guevara. So basically said the whole nice guy thing is an act. And he's like, you got yourself a spot. You're Jericho's favorite wrestler. And, I mean, he goes off. He just, like, destroys him. Sammy Guevara has this, like, weird, like, smile on his face, and he just looks happy. And Cody bounces, and he's like, Chris Jericho knows who I am. Yes! Yeah, I thought it was funny when he mentioned, um, you know, because Sammy, like a lot of the young indie guys, depending on where he is, he's going to he's gonna work heel or face, just depending on what's needed for that show. You know, because he's not right now – strongly featured on any television program except for like what maybe mlw i guess yeah so it's you know and that's the life of an indie wrestler it's hard to maintain you know a neutral uh character or you know unless you really built your brand as being a heel or being a baby face you're kind of going to get used however and so they kind of brought that up like how they were doing a charity show and sammy was working heel and Sammy like flipped him off and he was like, that was a charity show. We were giving bikes to children. Like you're a piece of crap. <laughs> yes. I, I love when they bring that kind of stuff up. Like Brandy still has beef with Allie for uh, not helping her out and doing the impact angle. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I love that. They, they like take continuity to a whole different level. Like and Cody's the guy that like never forgets anything. Yeah. You know, you know like, if you screwed him over one time in the past, he owes you. You just the, don't know when, know when he's going to get you back. The really funny thing about it is how Cody assures him that he has the best judge of character out of anybody in the entire wrestling industry. Meanwhile, this whole thing with him and MJF like is still kind of ongoing, and he's just now 
starting to come around to the idea that MJF might not be who he says he is. <laughs> but like for all these weeks, he's thought that this is the you know the greatest guy and that they're best mm-hmm. friends. And here he is telling Sammy like nobody has better judge a character than I do. <laughs> yes, yes. And everybody hates Sammy Guerrero. I do love that. I I, I absolutely love that gimmick going on is that he's a nice guy but everybody he runs into hates him but he's he's clearly not like you can clearly see what what uh cody's talking about like this is clearly like a bo dallas kurt angle gimmick basically yes yes like a delusional baby face he's so he's so baby face he's actually healing he doesn't even know it yeah absolutely uh yeah we get their uh aw's appearance at rise uh, Brandy brought uh, Nyla and Britt to save Kylie Ray, and, uh, and then after they save them, uh, Nyla looks like she's about to like attack Kylie Ray because you know, you know. Yeah, she, she looked like she was gonna destroy her. <laughs> yeah, and they like had to bring her up because, uh, you know, they refer- still represent AEW, and it's uh, so they uh, then they get the little pop up that talks about their three way match at uh, three way match at Double or Nothing. You excited for that? Um, you know, I don't really know what to think about it, to be honest with you. Um, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the biggest women's wrestling fan, um, in the world. Uh, you know, I, if someone recommends a match to me and it stands up, of course, and I'm, I'm all for like women's empowerment, but it's not like I'm like going out of my way to like watch shine and shimmer and rise, you know, and all that. So I'm not as familiar with the work of any of these women, to be honest with you, I am excited in the sense that, um, I've heard really good things. Um, James Boyd, who hosts, uh, the NXT show NXT then now and forever. He's a big women's wrestling fan. He's assured me that, you know, the, all these women are great. So I am optimistically excited, but I can't say that like I'm invested yet because I, I'm not as familiar. I've seen one match from each of them. Uh, like and uh, one except Britt Baker, I've seen a few more Britt Baker matches, but I've she's seen, great. Yeah, I've seen one match from Kylie Ray, which I've you know I sought out and watched. Nyla Rose, I sought out and watched, and you know what? I think they're good. I don't know how that's gonna equate to a triple threat match. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, fun fact: Kylie Ray is the first AEW shirt I ever bought, and uh, for myself, excuse me, uh, first AEW bo- uh, shirt that I bought and kept. And it's mostly because it's really bright yellow and it's got a smile, which I think matches my personality. So uh, that's why I bought the shirt. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm rooting for Kylie Ray because, you know, she's all about smiling. And, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the match uh, between the three, I think. It's one of those things that could be like a low-key show stealer in the end. Uh, just like I like last year at All In, I thought the, uh, the four-way with the women was one of the best matches on the show. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. Um we so we get that and then we get Justin Roberts as he gets welcome to the team. I and, love this bit. And, and then Cody comes in and he announces Cody Rhodes and that was hilarious. And uh yeah, uh funny thing, funny thing. I don't know how busy he is going to be, but I am actually inquiring about it. A friend of my friend, a friend of a friend, knows Justin Roberts, and I would lo- I would do it. You know, what would be awesome if he announces me. He announces me down the aisle at my wedding. 
why don't you try to get him on this podcast, Floyd? <laughs> you know what? That would be cool, too. That would be cool, too. I just like, I mean, it's one of those things. I have to work on my interviewing skills. I don't know what I would ask him. Like, how does, oh, it, how does it bro, feel? You're, you're, I've, I've listened to you do interviews. You're great. What are you talking about? I was like, I like, like, hey, how does it feel to announce for a show that hasn't announced? You know, you haven't done anything yet. But we'll, no. we'll talk We've we've done a million interviews. They're really not that hard. Trust me. We'll talk off the oh, air. Oh, but, but yeah, no, he's very easy to talk to. When you meet him in person, he's a very engaging individual. He's like, he doesn't want to just say hi, shake your hand, and you walk away. He likes wants to ask about your wrestling experience. So I honestly, I don't think it would honestly don't think it would be that hard. I, I'm honestly on my uh, brain. It's tuned, and this is from training from my future wife. It's tuned to wedding now. WrestleMania is yeah. over. I'm in wedding mode now. <laughs> well, well, that's that's that should be a goal of this show. Justin Roberts, the people want it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Justin Roberts gonna try to hit him up. Uh, like I said, he like I said, he's a friend of a friend. It would be great to have him on the show. Uh, maybe get some. Uh, see if we can get some more of the AEW people to talk all things elite with us. Uh, then. Um, yeah. One thing I liked about this bit was in the beginning where basically Brandy's like, you know, this is this is your place, you know, do your thing. And they're like literally just in a break room. And then he's just standing there. And as people like walk in, he's just announcing them. Yes. The one with QT, QT Marshall or Mike in the bathroom. That was awkward. I was like, what's going on there? Yeah, it, it was funny because you, you can talk about this experience. We're at WrestleMania weekend, and you're in the bathroom peeing next to wrestlers. Yeah, like, I, uh, I peed literally right next to Jay White. Yes, and it was yeah. He's like, "What are you?" You're like, "Huh? Look for it. Look for it. Look for it. Look. Don't talk to him. You want to, but it's creepy if you talk to him. That's that's pretty much what's going to my head when I'm in the bathroom. I got no shame in my game. I talked to him. Yeah, no, I was like, dude. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, and it was funny. I was uh, in going to the airport Tuesday morning. Big Show was leaving, and it was like it's four o'clock in the morning. Now, I am a morning person. Everyone will hate this about me. When I wake up, I wake all the way up. I am from at I wake up at five o five. At five o six, I am full Floyd. It is very annoying for my fiance. It is very annoying for every person that is in my life. Because I am awake, I am talking, let's go. So it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and Big Show, obviously tired. And then I'm me. And I'm like, and it's taking everything in me not to be all the way me. Hmm. You know how I am. You know how I am. I, I, I talk yeah, a I, I'm total opposite, man. Yeah. I, when I wake up, it's it takes me time. I need yeah. coffee. Yeah, I need, n- that's normal humans. I am not that way. You know, I need speed. I need Adderall. I need meth. I need whatever. Get, give me something. Wake yeah. me up. It doesn't matter. That you gotta, you gotta shock me awake like uh, I'm freaking PCO. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which cool entrance. Uh, yeah. But if I'm like, hey, let's record the show at eight. I can wake up at seven fifty-seven. Let's go. Let's talk oh about my wrestling. God. No, no. <laughs> so uh, apparently, uh, then we had uh, a talk at C two E two. And they put over the fact that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are wrestling. And then uh, the Lucha Brothers versus 
uh, Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks. And then they announced in the shock to absolutely no one that the AAA tag team titles will be on the line. Yeah, I was a little confused. Wasn't that already confirmed? No. Let's see, and this is what happens. Uh, stuff comes out on the internet, and we assume, and people start, like, posting it, but it has never officially been announced by AEW yet. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I was like, this was confirmed weeks ago. Like, I literally was watching this, and I was like, why are they telling us this now? I thought yeah. they already did, but yeah, you're right. They they officially announced Heyman and uh, Pac two weeks after everyone out had assumed that that match was always going on. We, yeah. we, we had literally broken down how the match was going to be on the show, and it was like, oh, it's official now. No, yeah, that's that's just, they spoil everything. Even the Bucks said it. They spoil everything, so it's not shocking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's interesting that they're doing this. Um, I do wonder what kind of ramifications this will have as far as uh, drawing um, – you know, Latino and Mexican viewers uh, to this product because their tag titles are going to be, you know, on, you know, one of their bigger shows. But at the same time, the tag titles don't mean anything there. Um, titles in general don't mean very much in Lucha Libre. And, you know, the Young Bucks didn't really have a great reception just because people were unfamiliar with them at the time. So I think it's good for, you know, uh, having some notoriety for the trip, you know, for their partnership with AAA, that's great that they're going to, you know, headline or co-headline a show, whatever with those titles. But I, I just wonder like how important this is going to be seen in the eyes of like Mexican fans, you know? Yeah. They they just tired of gringo stealing their shit. <laughs> we lie. We cheat. We steal. Yeah. No. Um, then we get uh hangman in the car and he gets a note from Pac. Oh, this was this popped me more. Than, I forgot. This popped me more than anything else on the show. Well, I'm gonna let you go. Tell us about it, sir. <laughs> so we get Hangman, and he's getting into his car, and you know he's going through his mail, and he has this letter, and uh, what did he? What did? Uh, it's from Pac. What did it uh, call him? Uh, fat ass page. <laughs> yes, fat, fat, ass, fat ass page. Fat ass page. And um, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it had a disc in it. It said, video, DVD, play me. <laughs> so he, he puts it into his car, like, you know, CD player. And somehow that magically teleports the video to his phone somehow. I don't know how. It just does. Yes. And it's a surveillance camera from inside Paige's own home. And Paige is standing there, and he's uh, he's got a bag of potato chips. <laughs> And he's like, he's looking so longingly at this bag of potato chips. And then he like reaches in, he pulls out one chip and he like is struggling. Like he wants to eat it, but he won't. And then he like, he takes like two licks from it and he bites one little piece off and then puts it right back in the bag and wraps it up and puts it back in <laughs> Oh, and he also, yeah, I remember what he told him in the, uh, he said, you're never going to be full gear ready in time for Las Vegas. Yes. Yes, they, he is not. Uh, he had a half a chip, and he put it back, and then wrapped it was like it back. a quarter of a chip. Yes, and then he put it back, and then he wrapped the bag back up. Which I was like, "Uh, that's disgusting." Yeah, it's so it's so disgusting. Uh, yes, uh, and yeah, and he walked away in shame for eating that quarter of a chip. Uh, I do want to say, uh, 
Uh, keep going on everybody that's doing the full gear challenge. Uh, we are all still supporting you. Uh, I I never started, so I can't say I failed. <laughs> yeah, no, my full my full gear challenge is yeah. I'm gonna keep wearing the same clothes I wear every day. Full gear challenge. No, I am I am not what you would call a healthy eater. So yeah, but I, I do plan on. As I do every year when I get back from WrestleMania, if you might have saw my Facebook post, I do plan on work walking a little bit more this year as to actually try to be ready for WrestleMania because, good Lord, my body hurts right now. Yeah, man. Yeah. I sit, I mean, I literally, I told you what I do for a living. I literally sit on my ass. So I work a 12-hour shift. I'm in front of a computer sitting down. And so, and I do that all year. And then I go to WrestleMania, and I walk, like, 20 miles in, like, five days. And it's – my body's like, whoa, what is going on here? Why are we doing this? Sit down. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So this year, I plan to try to walk a mile every other day to hopefully take some of the pain off of my body. It's funny because I was walking funny. You even pointed it out on Saturday night. I don't know if you remember. It's like, it looks like you have back problems. I was like, I have fat Whoa, I, I was, said that? Yeah. Man. He's, he's like, you walk like you have back problems. And I was like, I have fat problems. And you popped. You laughed at that. <laughs> I was like. Bro, we, <laughs> we know who the inebriated one was. I don't remember that at all. That's, I'm a jerk. I don't care. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I mean, dude, to me in life. Most people just don't accept choices. I accept the choice. I don't work out. I don't eat well. There are going to be consequences to that. And yeah, it is what it is. Uh, no, man. Um, speaking of that, though, like, you know, I don't know what your schedule is like and things like that, but like, you should just do like one mile a day, like instead of every other day, because it's honestly, you know, you don't have to go fast. You just go easy. What I do, like, at my job, I get, like, an hour lunch break, mm-hmm. and we, we just have a pond behind it, and I just walk I just walk around it. You know, nothing crazy, and it's just like a, you know, it's not going to change everything magically, but it's, you know, just take one, you know, my goal is walk. My goal is to build up the tolerance because I will have another three-day period where I'm up on my feet a lot, in yeah. uh, less than a month, well, actually a little over a month, uh, when I go to Double or Nothing. So that right. should be fun. Yeah, it's it's good for you, man. I mean, and it's also, you know, it's good to just get out in the sunshine. and. Oh, yuck. What 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 was that? <laughs> oh, God. That thing in the get sky. Some, get some fresh air. It's good for you. Oh, man. I hate that, too, for Breeze. <laughs> no, and then the next uh, clip actually is going to lead to another part of ours. It was Kenny... Uh, Kenny and the Bucks on a Skype or FaceTime. I don't know which one. It didn't say the brand. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, and uh, Kenny was telling him about this uh, video that he watched and how he was going to change the world, that he came up with this idea about girls and music and bungalows and all that stuff. And it was a clear reference to Firefest. And uh, it was a clear reference to Firefest. And apparently... He had only watched the promotional video. He had not watched the documentary, or he had only watched part of the documentary. Yeah, he hadn't finished it. And they're like, they're like, Kenny, you have to finish. You have to finish it. Like, go watch it now. And he's just going on and on and on. And they're like, you have to go finish this, Kenny. Like, <laughs> yes. And he he's like adamant that like he's gonna change the world with 
with you know the, his big announcement for CEO based off of Firefest. Like it's so funny. Yes, and it was just like so they announced that his video was going to be released the next day at eleven o'clock. And that leads us to the next thing we were talking about, the Fighter Fest video. I love uh, it. Fighter uh, Fest. That's fight, great. Fighter Fest. Honestly, this made me want to go to it. I was like, I had pretty much accepted that I wasn't going to be able to go to the AEWC CEO show. But it was just like, this was so funny. And it was just like, it had a bunch of video games and it was pretty much, it was kind of, was it over the top of the fighter fighter fest video kind of? Yeah. So the, the video fire um, fest was video. Just, yeah. What's that? No, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. So the video was just filled with like bikini clad women, gorgeous models, bathtubs, dancing. And then like suddenly like a disclaimer that like, there's a good chance that none of these women will be at Fighter Fest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there will be some wrestling too. And then they yeah. showed all oh, the hula hoop was funny. Then it was like a bunch of like Cody, Hangman, and the Bucks looking like they were trying to hula hoop. Yeah. The Matt Jackson one was the funniest one because of how his hips were moving. Oh my God. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, it was hilarious. I just thought this was like the greatest promotional video ever. Yeah, it was. It was really, really, really funny. <laughs> so yeah, so um, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Fighter Fest, which is going to replace the Worlds Collide uh, CEO show that they did last year. So they announced some signings this week uh, and some matches that they're going to have at this. One, uh, the previously announced No Holds Bar. Nakazawa versus Jabaley. Then they announced uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks versus Pac and the Lucha Bros. Is that match not going to be the most like amazing thing ever? That's pretty much the draw right now. Like if I if I do decide to go, it's going to be me deciding that I need this match in my life. Then the third match announced will be Kobe versus the new AEW signing Darby Allen. Yeah. yeah. What? I, How big uh, are you? A big Darby Allen guy? Yeah. Yes, I listen to the other elite podcast called Everything Elite, and they're big on Darby Allen. They say he's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, they oh, they're they're wrong. They're wrong. They say he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. They had him in like top ten or whatever, and um, they used to do the show Everything Evolves. Right. And Darby Allen was a part of Evolve. So they right. were, they are highly familiar with Darby Allen. They are big Darby Allen fans. So right. Well, we're based out of Tampa, um, you know, Social Suplex here, and so is WWN. So we're very familiar. We get to go to all the FIP shows. There's actually an Evolve show tomorrow night in Ebor, which I'll be attending. What, what? And so, yeah, that's gonna be really good. So we, um, we're very familiar with Darby. I've seen him live. I don't know eight, nine times, I think Darby is incredible. He's excellent. I would not, however, put – I mean, in the top ten in the world, nah, you, you've got to be – sorry sorry to the everything uh, Evolve guys or everything Elite, but, like, they're, they're, they're marking out a little too hard if you ask, if you ask me. Um, Darby's not top ten in the world. But 
if you want my take on Darby, I'll tell you, I think he might be the single fastest wrestler alive today. Whoa. That's, yeah. That's saying a lot because there's this it, guy named Leo Rush that exists. I put him up there with Leo Rush. I put him up there with Ishimori. Okay. All right. No, but he's, he's incredible. He's incredible. The thing is, what the, my, my knock on him, and it's not really a knock because if we're being honest, Darby's only been wrestling a couple years. So this is not me uh, bearing Darby. The fact that he's as skilled and as talented as he is today after only being in this industry a couple years is astounding. Like he is a world-class talent already and he has so much room to grow. It's insane. So I, I think it's limiting him to say he's already top 10. There's no way he's top 10. I mean, if, you got to look at the whole spectrum of the wrestling industry. It, it's not possible. Like he might be top fifty for just, sure. Yeah, just this, just to make clear, they I don't believe they put a number on it. Uh, okay. They said That's, one of the best wrestlers in the world is what he said. They said, I, 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 he's very good. He's very, 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 very good. And the thing with Darby is early on in his career, Darby couldn't wrestle, but he was a madman and he was basically a human stunt machine. So like. They would put him out there. He wasn't even fully trained yet, man. And the guy, and he was like, literally living in the evolved dojo, you know, and like in the WWN, like, uh, you know, they, like he was living there almost and living on the streets, like for the craft. And he wasn't even fully trained, but he, they were like, well, he can, he can sell and he can bump. So that's all he would do is he would go out there and just get killed by guys. Like Darby's one of the scariest bumpers alive today like every match that i see him in i think he's getting killed and i think partly it is because he actually is like he he's very mcfoley-esque in the fact that everything he does looks real because it's got to be real because he doesn't take bumps right it, it's really scary but over the over like the past few years he really has developed his craft and become an astounding technical wrestler a dazzling aerialist he's so freaking fast he's very innovative and his um his whole philosophy on what he does in the ring, he's got great psychology. We actually had a uh, interview with him on Social Suplex a few months back, and just to hear him kind of talk about his mindset about the business, he's a he's a real unique and interesting guy. Well, I am excited because they announced his match versus Cody, and you know Cody is. Cody and he's the greatest of all time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Cody's Cody is one of my favorite people to watch work. Uh, he has this to me unique way of telling stories in the ring. So I like uh, this. You know, I like to see how they work against each other. I don't know if this is the first time they've worked each other, but that should be fun. You know, I'm and pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I didn't like. I said I didn't want to be like, oh, this is the first time, and then someone be like, well, Floyd doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, well, yeah, that's well, true, but. I might not know what I'm talking about, but there is a possibility. I mean, you know, Cody had that phenomenal run on the indies, so anything's possible. But uh, I don't know that they've ever worked one another. Um, I will say I think it's an interesting matchup. I don't know how their styles are going to mesh, but I, I'll tell you, I've thought that Darby was ready for the big leagues and the big times for a while now. He has worked a lot of top talent, you know, Jeff Cobbs, Shane Strickland, you know, guys of that caliber. He's been in PWG. You know, he's worked internationally. Uh, Zach's him, bro. The match with him and Zach Saber Jr. in Evolve is still like one of my top matches of last year. Like, the, yeah, Darby. Oh, him and Walt. His match with Walter last year was incredible. 
So yeah, Darby's great, man. Um, I don't know what that match is going to look like, but I'm very interested to, to see. I saw Darby during uh, Mania this past Mania weekend at the U.S. versus the World show. He wrestled Black Taurus from Mexico, and that was a highlight of the weekend. It was really, really good. I was I, I was unfortunately meeting R well fortunately meeting ROH and New Japan wrestlers at that time, so I did not make it to that show. I wanted to make it to that show, but I was yeah. meeting I was meeting Okada. So I'll I, take I think there's a there's a lot of people who don't like Darby Allen because of the theatrics, because of the perceived gimmick or you know the reputation with him and Priscilla Kelly and some of the what um, is what is his gimmick. You know, I'm not too – like, he's a punk kid. Okay. Uh, he, he's like – he actually, to be honest with you, like, it's so it's so interesting. If you ever hear him talk, he's not a mark. Like, uh, he barely likes wrestling. Like, he didn't he, – he, he didn't, like, grow up a wrestling fan at all. He kind of has a disdain for the fans, like, in real life. He's a real unique guy. He considers himself, like, an artist, like a, a stage performer more so than anything else. And, um, <laughs> like, he said that he got into wrestling because he wanted to, like, progress his skateboarding career originally. Really? Yeah, yeah real interesting stuff. So, um, but, yeah, he's, like, a – he's kind of, like, a misfit or, like, a like an outcast. I wouldn't say it's, like, supernatural, but, you know, he wears, like, cut-off Daisy Dukes. He's just real different. Um, yeah, I see the half-painted uh, white face. Uh, yeah, I'm, like – Oh, he his he has a unique he's a, look. He's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, but I so I have this interview queued up with Alicia Tout, so I'm just gonna uh, toot. Excuse me. Now you got me saying it out, uh, Alicia Tout. Uh, I'm gonna just bookmark it and watch it in the morning and see what he's all about. And I got a man. He has a YouTube just full of matches, so I'm gonna get caught up on my Darby Allen. Uh, and I'll tell you, I am a lot more interested in him because he's wrestling Cody. One thing I like that he said on uh, the interview he did with us, uh, well, not with us, with Wilfred, uh, who is formerly part of the network, but it's still up on the uh, Social Suplex network. He had mentioned that, like, one of his um, finishing maneuvers is the coffin drop, where he just goes up and he, like, puts his arms over his, you know, over his chest like he's a vampire and comes straight down. And he was like, you know, he's like, I can do flips if I want to. If I go to the top and I do a 360 corkscrew whatever and I come down on you, that's fine. He's like, but what is the point of wrestling? I'm trying to hurt you as quickly and as like efficiently as I possibly can. What is a corkscrew going to help me to kick your ass? He's like, what is it? What is a flip going to do to help me to, to kick your ass? He's like, it's not going to do anything. I want to come down as hard as I can. So I just go straight up. And I come straight down as fucking hard as I can so I can kill people. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I, just the one thing I've said about uh, uh, Tanahashi, he has the most uh, violent-looking uh, frog splash. His frog yes. splash looks like a weapon. It is not supposed to be artistically beautiful. It's supposed to land on you as hard as possible. Yeah. And that's yeah. – that, and that's I've always said it. I was like, I'm not a big Tanahashi guy. I mean, to me, it's like I've always said, it's like if someone comes in and just now sees John Cena, I'm too far. I'm too far into Tanahashi's career to be a super Tanahashi fan. But I love his frog splash because it's so violent looking. He lands I, so thud. He lands with a thud. 
One thing that I've always said about Darby, and I feel like some people are going to hear me say this and think that I have a bad take or maybe I'm like being, uh, um, I don't know what the word is, but like it, this is offensive. <laughs> but when I first saw Darby, who he reminded me of is the original Tiger Mask, uh, uh, Satoru Sayama. Not in his wrestling style, and it's almost an offensive to put him on that same level because Sayama is such a legend, but in the sense that he's completely unorthodox. He doesn't wrestle like anybody else, and he moves at a lightning-paced speed. Like, he reminds me of Sayama. Like, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, my God, this kid is so fast and so different and so unique. Like, every time I watch him, I'm like, man, he reminds me of Tiger Mask. Yeah. High praise. I was going to say, that would be high praise coming from you. I don't know how good Tiger Mask was in the past because I am not the old school New Japan person that you are. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, in modern circles, Sayama gets a lot of flack for being maybe not the greatest wrestler. And you know what? If you honestly, there are some things that, like I said, uh, Darby has a lot of room to grow in this game and a lot to learn still. And there's a lot of things he does that I think wrestling purists probably look at and be like wow he does it that way it's you know and some of it isn't right but that's kind of why he reminds me of sayama because he does things his own way it's very unique yeah well that is awesome i'm looking forward to seeing his match i'm glad he's with aew uh i think he uh, him being the whole idea of fresh is something that he does represent like for me this will be my first experience with darby allen other than you know i'm about to go watch a bunch of clips on youtube but this will be my first experience seeing him, and I'm looking forward to that also. Uh, are you familiar with uh, – you said you don't watch a lot of women's wrestling. I might have to bring James Boyd on here. <laughs> uh, I might have to ask James to be on here next week, and we just go through the women's roster because Hikura Shia, uh, apparently she signed with AEW this week. Uh, I probably am not pronouncing her name correctly. Hikaru uh, Shida. Uh, huh? Shida. Shishida? Hikaru yeah, Shida? There's a, there's a D. Oh, okay. Shida. Yeah. I, I missed the D in my notes. Hikaru Shida. She signed yep. with AEW this week. Uh, they actually put a video to, uh, with five things you need to know about her. I did not get a chance to watch it. I will watch it before next week. Like I said, I'm going to have uh, James. I, I didn't know he was such, until this week, I didn't know he was such a big fan of women's wrestling. So he will be able to give me a color on a lot of the people that, uh, uh, that uh, AEW has signed for the women's division. I, I can tell you some things about her. So, I mean, um, Hikaru Shida's, you know, her background, she started in around, like, 2008, and she started in the Ice Ribbon promotion. Um, she wrestled there till about, like, 2014. Um, she's also had, like, uh, experience in mixed martial arts. She's done grappling matches. She's also uh, a pretty well-known actor, or actress over in Japan as well. Um, you know, early on in her career, people have said that she's like a super talent. They were calling her like the future ace, the future ace of Joshi when she first started. Um, she's held multiple tag team and um, top t uh, titles, whether it was an ice ribbon. She also uh, held uh, the top title in uh, pro wrestling wave. She was the smash diva champion She's and she's wrestled for like Sendai Girls. Like she's a very like well known and prolific uh 
um, freelancer over in Japan when it comes to Joshi. Like, she's a top talent. And I know for a long time that um, she's been one of Kenny Omega's favorite Joshi women's wrestlers. They actually wrestled a match together, um, I want to say, in, like, 2011, if I'm correct. Um, it was him and um, Asuka who was Kana at the time. And she teamed with Masato Tanaka. And I believe that's kind of like where her and Kenny, like got their, you know, friendship and relationship from. Okay. So, I mean, like, yeah, I, I've never, I haven't watched too much of Hikaru Shida, but I know who she is. I mean, she's also, you know, wrestled for like pro wrestling zero one DDT. Like she's a really well known. She's also done stuff like here for, uh, in the States, like in shimmer, if you name like a top like res- uh, women's wrestler like Madison Eagles, uh, Aja Kong, you know, all there there's so many names like she's she's wrestled them all. You know what I mean? Like she and she's been freelancing for about the last four or five years at this point, and she's really well known. She's internationally traveled. Like yeah, from what I hear about her, like she's like a top 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 talent. And that's awesome. I mean, and the fact that she'll have the stage, which is AEW, to show what she can do. And she'll, uh, they haven't announced her in any matches yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing her. Uh, I think their women's division is hitting all the right notes. I mean, uh, my favorite women's division in wrestling is Impact right now. Uh, You know, the WWE's is the WWE's. So from what the talent pool that they've actually had to select from, I think they've gotten the best of the best. They they're doing a really good job. Yeah, so I'm looking forward. I wonder if they're going to sign Tennille Dashwood. I heard her contract with uh, ROH is up. I wonder is she going to be a next person with AEW because you know what she does bring a little more. She brings a name that a lot more Americans are familiar with. I would say more people know who Tennille Dashwood is than Britt Baker just with her time with the WWE. Would you say that? Yeah, I think a lot of people are very familiar with Emma. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she did end up joining AEW. I mean, that's the next big game in town. And, you know, her time in Ring of Honor has been anything less than stellar. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's yeah. a good career move for her. And I think that she's a name that they would probably love to have on their roster. Plus she can go, man. She really can. Yeah. The ring of honor women division needs help. Just this. Well, they, they brought in the beautiful people. They've got their help. I, you know, and you know what I said? <laughs> I, I, uh, I heard a lot of people laughing about that. I was like, it's better than what they had. No, it's not. Oh, absolutely. Is people, people know who they are. I mean, no, Floyd, they they had Kagetsu and all those uh, stardom women on a on the undercard in a dark match, and they have access to all those Joshi women. They it's not better than what they have. We're just not seeing what they have because they're choosing not to use them. Yeah, I guess you know when Bully apparently he's helping with the booking. Uh, that's what uh, the rumors are. <coughs> well, like I said, I I, th- I think I can make a I think. As far as that heel group is going to do at least something for the women's division. I I really don't think so. None of those women are good wrestlers. They, they Their, like, hottest period was over a decade ago. Um, oh, yeah, no. They're, no, but they're not, to me, there to be good wrestlers. They're there to, you know, 
tell storylines, give storylines, and attract people into watching it. The beautiful well, people, the when they were super hot, they weren't great wrestlers. But that's I mean, the problem. Um, people don't. People who have been fans in the past of Ring of Honor, like their fan base, they're not tuning in for great storylines. Otherwise, they would, or even that kind of storyline. Otherwise, they would just watch WWE. I, they I, watch. I, they watch Ring of Honor because they want Ring of Honor to be what it was, and it's not anymore. And that's pretty much NXT. That'll pretty much be what AEW is probably gonna wind up being. But um, that's the problem is like people aren't tuning in to watch that. You know what I'm saying? Like that that is the problem. Are people know, tuning guess, in to watch it at all though? They're not because that's they're not. And the reason they're not is because all their talent keeps getting poached and then the new directions that the company are going in. I mean, they had a chance on this big stage to do something cool and what did they do? They gave us X WWE guys doing a run in, X TNA chicks coming in to be involved with the women's division. They did a ECW like reunion type match. It's it's that's not what that fan base is looking for. They they, they clearly don't have a good um, they don't have their pulse on what that fan base is looking for. That's what I'm like. They may be pivoting for away from that fan base because they know there are better options for that fan base. I think the problem, though, is that you can't be WWE light and be successful because nobody that's ever tried it has ever been successful. That is that is true. I, I mean, I want to I think Ring of Honor did. I think they, of course, did what they thought was best. Like for me, I'm I don't watch their I'm an Honor Club member and I very rarely watch their stuff anymore. I, I, I actually talked to my friend of this year. I was like, well, all the people that I cared about in Ring of Honor are gone, so should we renew? And he was like, well, I still want to watch the pay-per-views. So I was like, all right. And then I just paid for the next year. So, yeah, I hear you. And so I have it for another year. Super excited but, if you didn't can't hear. But to put it in, in perspective, they have access to all those Joshi women. What's one of the things that people loved most about WCW when they brought in all that international talent and they put on those amazing cruiserweight matches? What is AEW about to do? They're bringing in all those guys from Mexico, <laughs> all those guys from uh, China, and all this Japanese talent so that they can put on dazzling matches. What is Ring of Honor doing? They're putting those women in a dark, untelevised match and then bringing in the beautiful people. They're missing the mark, man. The, especially now, I can understand what you're saying, but here's where they're really missing the mark. They have access to these Joshi women. Why aren't they using them? I would argue. I would argue because no one knows who they are. But that's that's the thing. You highlight them. That's one of the things AEW is doing a fantastic job of. They're starting to profile these unknown talents for people so that they can get familiar with them. Ring of Honor could be doing the same thing. The other thing, too, is like we didn't know who Ultimo Dragon was once upon a time. We didn't know who Rey Mysterio was, you know, Psychosis. These were just dudes. Yeah, and, but and, they were dudes and, on a show that had Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. They weren't – I mean, who's the draw to Ring of Honor to make you give those people a shot? Yeah, but you know what people stayed for? They stayed for the Cruiserweights. I mean, I stayed for the NWO. Well, sure. But I mean, that's of, why I was watching WCW. It's because of the so NBO. Many, there's so many people, though, that when you talk to them, they're like, I loved the cruiserweight division. You oh. know, it was like this big, hot draw. It changed wrestling. And these guys have a partnership with 
pretty much the most prolific Joshi promotion in the world. All they got to do is let those girls go out there and go, and that is going to help their business, but they're not doing it. I, I Like I said, I, I mean, I agree to a point, but where I'm missing is there isn't ROH really doesn't have a draw right now. And that's what they're trying to do is give people a reason to turn it, tune in. The beautiful people, as much as like hardcore, like people that enjoy in-ring work might not like them, they have a fan base. I mean, I've seen them at shows here in Oklahoma where they have some of the longest lines for people trying to get autographs and meet and greets. And this is in Oklahoma, which is not a very hot wrestling, uh, very hot wrestling town. They know who those people are. Enzo and Cass, same way. People know who Enzo and Cass are. Even when people started hating Enzo and Cass, when his music came on and he started doing his spiel, everybody was cheering along. So Enzo and Cass are a draw. Cass being seven foot tall, that's a thing. People want to see larger than life people. And I just think they're going to bring eyes to the product that will allow those people that can work really well to get more attention. I think that's all true. I don't disagree with you, but I also have this idea that cream rises to the uh, to the top, and if you don't let your cream rise to the top, then your product is going to fail. Yeah, I, I I am of the opinion. I have met people that didn't know who AJ Styles was until he uh, uh, he showed up at the uh, Royal Rumble, like right. at all, like had no clue who AJ Styles was, and I yeah. was like, that being said. He got put in front, you know, the, the with the WWE product. So I'm thinking the beautiful people aren't going to be featured. They're not going to be champions, but they're there to hopefully get a few more eyes on the people that they're trying to get them to see, just like Enzo and Cass. Well, here's one thing. I, my last point to this was, like, I think the draw was being at Madison Square Garden yeah. with New Japan, and they had the opportunity, hypothetically, they could have – done something with the Japanese women that people would have seen and remembered and would have been memorable. And then people would have been like, huh, maybe I want to see that. I don't know how much of that would carry over with what they wound up doing. I absolutely, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, unfortunately, Ring of Honor has horrible luck on the night where they're about to do the big cast and Enzo thing, which is what everybody would have been talking about the next day. Bret Hart gets attacked 20 minutes before that. Oh, that was so terrible, man. Yeah, so it's like, as much as, I mean, the attack sucked. I mean, I'm not going into that. I'm just saying that took that new storyline away from ROH, what they were going for. I, I can't believe that anyone would ever attack Bret Hart. He's a national treasure. You can't, you can't explain, and I hate to use this word, but you can't explain crazy. Yeah. When, um, when Batista came out for his uh, – his entrance and he had all those guys in the suits. I was like, that's the kind of detail that Bret Hart needs from now on. It's just, it was like, it was one guy and they were like, well, Vince is talking about not having audience members at the hall of fame. Well, I get it, but this was one time. And how many years have they been doing the hall of fame with audience members there? One yeah, time. They, 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 they should have had more security. Yeah. And- it was like, you know, you know, the answer isn't to take all the same people out of it. Yeah, I mean that's not the answer, but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad Brett's okay, and I'm glad that dude got the shit beat out of him because he deserved I it. Brett, I heard Brett hurt his hip. Yeah, but uh, you know, he went to the hospital. I'm just like, 
you know, when I mean okay, I mean like. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, like that dude could have done more because he actually tackled him. You know, if he had a knife or anything with him, you know. You know, that guy's an amateur MMA fighter, right? Yeah, I heard about that. It's and he, crazy. And, yeah, and he needs he needs help. I, I, like I said, I just like he's like he just needs to be punched in the face. Whatever, dude. You know, you know, you're nuts. Like sane people don't do that. I mean, sane people don't attack sixty year old or sixty year old stroke victims. You know what I mean? It ain't <laughs> like it. It's it's not like you're fighting thirty eight year old in his prime, Bret Hart, because that probably would have went a little different. Yeah. You know, you're fighting sixty year old. I've had a massive stroke, Bret Hart. And I was I, listening to um to I don't remember who it was or maybe I read it, but someone was saying that their opinion was that it wasn't necessarily about Brett. But that that guy was just going to attack whenever he got an opportunity, and that was just an open moment where security wasn't paying attention, and he just seized the opportunity, and Brett just happened to be the guy. You know, like, he was going to run in there whenever the opportunity presented itself, apparently. Well, I hope they throw him under the jail. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's out now, so we'll see what happens. Oh, dude, dude. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 annoying. That um. I, I love Bret Hart. I, I absolutely love Bret Hart. Um, uh, one of those things is like in the 90s, there was this dark period after Hogan, and it was like Bret Hart was the guy, and it was like it was technical wrestling, and he told a story like, you know, you couldn't make a mistake or Bret would beat you, and I just used to love that type of wrestling. I think early 90s wrestling or like that, that period of time gets a bad rap because there was some really good wrestling going on right then. Brett's yeah, Brett is incredible. I think Brett might be my favorite wrestler of the '90s, honestly. Uh, Sean, <laughs> Sean, I was HBK. Like I said, like I said, Brett might be my favorite wrestler of the '90s. Uh, HBK, HBK, he was. It, it's one of those things where you see the wrestler that you know they curtain jerked, they they got squashed at WrestleMania, and then to see them you know, end up main eventing WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels' story up to WrestleMania 12, dude, I was so emotional. I still can say, to this point, I've never been more emotionally invested in a match than I was at Shawn and Bret in WrestleMania 12. It always you know goes on my top list. You know what's very funny? Um, even though I'm very fully aware that Shawn, you know, 96 Shawn is peak Shawn, and his stuff that he did in, in the 90s is superior I prefer his second run. Like, I think Sean might be one of my favorite wrestler of the 2000s. Yeah, um, his stuff with Taker and Flair and Kurt Angle. He had a great WrestleMania match. Shit, he was the first time I wrestled. He was the first time I realized John Cena could wrestle. Him and Cena. Yeah. And Triple H. Yeah. Him and like, Cena. Hina Simeon was like, oh, Cena can work. Yeah, and, and I and, and of course I was hating Cena at the time, so I was like, "Oh, Shawn Michaels carried him," but Bro, no, it, him, it was a good him, match. Him and Benoit. Yeah, him and Benoit. Yeah, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite wrestler of all time. I'll take all my hits, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, like seriously, uh, but uh, yeah, I love Shawn Michaels. Think he's amazing. Uh, yeah, his second run was magical, but I, you know, the, the first run set up his second run. It set up the mystique that led to his second run. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. WrestleMania 12 was is my match. It's always going to be in my top five. 
I know half the crowd was leaving during the match, but I thought it was a well-told story and just they'll never do an Iron Man match to main event WrestleMania again, but there you go. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, the road to double or nothing this uh, week, and this is how the show's pretty much going to finish. Road to double or nothing. Uh, they had Glacier on there. He is going to be in the uh, over the budget battle royal. Which, how excited are you to see Blood Runs Cold Glacier in there? You know, um, I don't know what to expect, honestly. I know he's worked a few big shows in the past few years. Like, he worked uh, the Spring Break show. I didn't get to see that. I haven't seen any of his recent work. Um, He did have a really good um, quote on the Double or Nothing uh, episode, though. He said, I might not be half as good as I once was, but I can be as good once as I ever was. That's a country song from Toby Keith. Okay, you know, I don't li- I'm I don't listen to country like at well, all. My fia- my fiance does and she's the one that told me while I was watching the video. Yeah, I was not familiar with that. So um yeah. I thought it was I thought like he was saying something that was really prolific. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a it was a country song. Uh I actually met Glacier. He did Oklahoma last year. Uh, and I met him. I actually have his number in his email, so I will try to get him on the show. Now that you oh, that's put, awesome. that you put that in my head, and he said he'd be glad to do the interview. I remember I was gonna interview him for Around the Ring, and uh, honestly, I just started working so much I didn't have time. But now that I do have a little time, I'll see if we can get him on. I I think the thing is that I'm excited about it was that the over the top or the over the budget battle royal that they did it all in. Which we were both, yeah, we were. That's where we first met. We were both at All In last year. Yes. Um, that was one of, if not, that might be the best battle royal that I've ever seen. Yeah, like, definitely. Not not just live, but probably just of all time. It's probably the best battle royal. Well, no, ninety two Rumble's really great, but it, it's it was laid out so incredibly that every individual who participated got shine, and you know he talked about it on the show. He's like, you know. It wasn't like your standard battle royal where the old guy goes in the corner and everyone grabs a leg and they just kill time. He's like, this was a working man's battle royal. So the, the idea that Glacier's going to get to go in there after all these years and show what he's capable of doing and, you know, kind of get some rub, get some shine, like, that's a that's a pretty, like, promising proposition. And, you know, at one point I thought, like, Glacier was going to be the world champion, you know? Yeah, a lot of people did. He was, uh, yeah, but he's a trainer now at that school in Atlanta. And uh, like I said, when I saw him work, he still moves around pretty good. Yeah, I would have to see. Like I said, I haven't seen him work. I never was a big fan of Glacier, um, but as a kid, you know, the idea that Sub-Zero was coming to WCW. (laughs) And that's that's basically what it was. It was such a ripoff of Sub-Zero, and I loved it, and I was just like, Sub Zero is gonna kill everybody, and then we got he Glacier. Did, he did karate. Yes. How's he oh. gonna lose? Ever? No one can. <laughs> no one can stop a karate guy. Well, the first time I saw him get squashed by Goldberg, that's when I knew Goldberg was for real. I was like, oh, this is for real. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited because the the over the budget battle royal did wonders for every so many people that were featured in that who aren't even aligned with AEW now. Kind of got springboarded and hot-shotted into... Jordan Grace. Yeah, Jordan Grace. Yeah, absolutely. She's won. So many of those people got, you know, kind of bumped off that, which is awesome. 
So I think it's it's kind of awesome that they're um, giving you know paying a little bit of like credit to somebody who like has done a lot for this industry. So that will be very exciting. I think he's going to get a huge pop and a, a really good reception from the crowd. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. But again, that was my favorite show I've seen live was All In. It will. Me too. Yeah, it will never. It will be very hard for anything to beat it. I hope something beats it because that means I get to watch a better show. But it's going to be very hard for someone to beat that show. Uh, there's, there's other shows that I've seen that I probably have liked from a, a viewing perspective, but live attending it, I've never been at a wrestling event that was that special or that great. Yeah, it. it I mean, I was amped up that whole time. I remember I had problems. Like after the sh- we went after the show, we got something to eat. We- I had problems calming down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I will. Uh, yeah, that was just such a great show. I'm looking forward to Double or Nothing. I just think they're gonna do everything they can to top it. But we're gonna see. We'll I see. Sti- I'm still. I'm still wondering who Cody's opponent's gonna be. I ho- I keep hoping out. I, I predicted Flip. Uh, but I've been uh, hoping out on uh, – I've been hoping Nick Aldis. That's been my – in my gut. That's who I really, really wanted to be. It's Dustin, bro. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, I love Dustin. I mean, seriously, he was one of those people in New Orleans at 30. He was just walking around, and a lot of wrestlers were waving you off. Dustin Rose, I saw him stand outside of a hard rack cafe and literally take pictures for an hour. Like I, wow. I took a picture with him, went in and ate, came back out. He was still taking pictures with people. That's awesome. So, Dustin Rhodes always going to be high on my book. Uh, then we got uh, so on double nothing. We got a profile of Kylie Ray. She seems very positive. She's talking about the Nyla Rose and putting over Brit, Britt Baker, how they've wrestled before. And then we hear about Cody's book that's coming out, the children's book that's coming out. Uh, I pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered it because uh, the f- first fifty got a like a shirt and had like young Cody with young Dusty uh, with uh, Dusty on it. And I was like, dude, I want that shirt forever, and so that's why I ordered it. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. You, you, nice. you, down, you down to read a children's book? Nah. Oh, okay. They're doing <laughs> they're doing a book signing. Uh, they're doing a the book release party at Starcast, so I will be there for it. Because, you know, I like to be near Cody whenever I get a chance, near his greatness. I feel like I'm greater when I'm around him. <laughs> Cody, Mark. Awesome. Cody Mark. Cody Mark. Yeah, I'm not um, – obviously, I'm a fan of these guys, but I, I have no use for the children's book. I don't know what I would do that. I have no children, and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you need to impregnate somebody, sir. Go for it. Then you'll have well, a reason. That, you never know. That could have already happened. Then we get a little profile from Nyla Rose. She's very intimidating. Uh, she's gonna kill people, and uh, yeah, she's uh, they're doing a they're doing a great job. They did one with her and Kylie Ray on that episode, yeah. and um, they they're doing such a great job. And that's something that I wish other wrestling promotions, namely you know not to bash, but namely I wish WWE would focus more on this sort of thing, um, because other companies are do like OTT is doing a great job of oh my this god sort of thing. Yes. yeah yes that and, thing with uh. Who was it? Um, David Starr. David Starr and uh, Jordan Devlin. Devlin. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I watched that like three times. I don't even watch OTT, <laughs> and I watched that video like three times. 
Uh, GCW does a great job of this sort of thing, but you know, a lot of those companies that are utilizing this sort of thing don't have the the far reach that an AEW or a New Japan or a WWE does. And I wish WWE would focus more on profiling people like this because you would care more about the characters and they, they, they've kind of lost their way in that sort of thing because they used to be good at it. They, they, they don't do it anymore. And um, I really appreciate that AEW is kind of focusing on that sort of thing because, you know, uh, they're bringing in all this new talent that people are not familiar with. So what do you do? You make people familiar with them. You, you don't have access to their matches, so what do you do? You profile them. It's simple, you know? Uh, MMA and boxing have known to do this for years, and they're great at it. I don't know why, like, you know, for, you know, WWE has got some of the best video, and they do all these, like, incredible uh, documentaries, you know, those, like, 365 and all that. But they could, like, do that for, like, you know, a Mojo Raleigh. You know, a three-minute profile Mojo Raleigh. People probably care a lot more about that guy. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But now he stares at his mirror, and the mirror breaks. I, he, I don't watch the product, so I don't know. But that's no, just what I'm no, saying. that's what they did this week. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose had this line, and this needs to be a shirt. She says she breaks bitches and takes riches. Done. Oh my god. The, done. Fan. I would buy that shirt right now. Right now. Breaks bitches and takes riches. I don't. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send a uh, meme of that to Rich. I'm like, am I allowed to? Am I allowed to wear that shirt though? You know, I don't know. <laughs> in in this PC yeah, that, world, am I allowed to wear that? Or do, I don't know. Whatever. That, but, that that might be a no. Yeah, that's a good line though. It's a great line. That's a great line. I mean, I mean, that's how she should end like all her interviews. So definitely, Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose fan here. And then we had this a brilliant introduction to Darby Allen. If yeah, I had cool. if I had never heard of Darby Allen, I would want to watch Darby Allen wrestle. I mean, he comes in, drives, just drives over a fence, spray paints, uh, spray paints the car. You see him on his uh, see him on the skateboard, and apparently that's real skateboarding skill there. And then he has this fire with AEW in it. I'm like, dude, fuck. This is like, hey. I, I want to watch you wrestle. I don't I don't know what you can do, but I want to watch it. I've got a lot of friends that don't know much about Darby Allen who don't like him already just based off of some of the controversial things that he's said or the stuff that happened with like Priscilla Kelly and the tampon and all that. But I feel like the thing is most people that don't like him have probably for the most part never seen him work. I don't. I don't know if I've ever interacted with someone who saw him work and, th and thought, I don't like that guy. Like, and you know what? From a personal standpoint, he kind of is a very abrasive guy. He's not likable as a human, and he would tell you that too. But to watch him work, he's brilliant. Like, he's, he's really, really good. So I feel like all these people that don't like him, once he gets on this new platform and this new stage, he's going to make a lot of fans and a lot of believers out of Darby Allen. Like, he is a guy that you – A, I mean, Evolve was building their company around him, and they really should have. I'm surprised they never pulled the trigger on him. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they have a really big potential star in Darby Allen right now, and I think they probably know that too. Yeah, the thing with – and this is where I'm different from a lot of people. I don't care a lot of what you do in your personal life as opposed right. to how you perform and – the character that is presented to me. Because all I care about is when you're trying to entertain me. 
Right. If you happen to be a dick on Twitter, whatever. I don't care. Well, I, Darby's Darby's like cool. He'll be nice to you if you meet him in real life, but not overly. Like yeah, he's 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 like a he's a big introvert. Like he'll he's told people like countless times. Like he doesn't care about making fans and being friendly. Like and doing press. Like he doesn't want to. He yeah. just wants to perform and entertain. Yeah, uh, at my at my height of my Randy Orton love, which I had a height of my Randy Orton love, <laughs> I met him and he was a dick to me. And you know what? I still love Randy Orton. You know why? Because that's I mean, he entertains me. I don't really care if we're best friends. You know, because most people I don't meet that I I admire. And that I look up to. I don't meet them at all. I don't care if you're a good person in essence when it comes to whether it's still if whether I still find what you do entertaining. Hey, we had um you know, we had Will Ospreay at our party, you know, last Sunday night and you know, it's well documented that you know, the experience I had with him as a fan and it wasn't great, but like it doesn't mean that I, you know, don't put I'm not still a fan of his or that I don't put him over or recognize that he's like one of the greatest wrestlers alive today, you know? Yeah, I met him. He was super nice to me. Was he? Yeah, he was, like, overly That's awesome. Yeah. Coughing fit in the middle of saying how good he was. You okay, man? No, I am not, but I will be okay. <laughs> Thank God for a mute button, because most people would have been calling the ambulance or something right now. Well, I'm trying to wrap up the show, but I'm dying. So, well, we've got one last thing to talk about before we go. What? What is that thing, sir? I'm gonna let you the start. The breaking news: Turner Sports, Warner Media Group. Go ahead and read it so I can okay. recover. Okay, gotcha. So the breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, Warner Media Group, a.k.a. Turner Sports, which is, you know, the media conglomerate of TNT and TBS, will be presenting all elite wrestling at their upfronts to advertisers next month. Warner Media slash Turner upfronts are currently scheduled for May 15th. That's my birthday, by the way. Hint, hint. This is how networks announce their content lineup for the fall season to advertisers. So, yeah, like the rumors have been going on for a while that like there's a cup one, maybe two TV deals on the horizon. And, you know, the names that I've been hearing like bounced around the industry for a while now were TNT, TBS. Um, you know, we we know that they've got a Turner Sports Group. Uh, they just signed a big deal with one fighting championship out of uh, Singapore, which is and you know one of the largest uh, mixed martial arts uh, groups in the world. And um, the rumor had been that they've been in negotiations to add all elite to their lineup of sports content, and it looks like that is now confirmed. So like nothing official has come out, but like. It's pretty. It's like pretty much official. Like they're gonna be with uh, Turner Sports. That is awesome. And now I am not dying anymore because <laughs> I kind of had a coughing fit. I mean, straight up coughing fit. Thank you for uh, covering for me there. 
Very excited. Only the, only, only the best. Yeah. Very excited about the TV uh, TV uh, up front. May 15th, your birthday. You're a Brahma bull, sir. Yep, I'm a Taurus. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I'm very excited uh, about that. Uh, me, personally, I wanted to be on TBS. Um, I grew up on uh, uh, Crockett and WCW on TBS. That's my preferred channel. But any channel is great for them to have their product out there. Yeah, this is this is a really big deal. And, you know, Turner Sports is also doing some very interesting things with their streaming as well yes. um, with 1FC. So I have a, a strong feeling that that will play a big role in their decision to feature, um, you know, All Elite Wrestling as part of their content lineup. Yeah, it's some unsubstantiated rumors I've heard is that the the day that they're going to premiere that they're shooting for is like the day, the week that uh, SmackDown moves to Friday nights. That's when they would premiere. Is that that's in October or November? Uh, October. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. So I mean, yeah, like I said, unsubstantiated. I'm not. It's not. But that's what I've heard, and it would make one. It would make sense. People are already used to watching TV wrestling on Tuesdays. I mean, who was it that said that Meltzer? Yes. Then it's probably gonna happen. Probably gonna happen because you know he's you know he's inside of there. Uh, so I'm. You know what the crazy thing is like Meltzer was the first one to like kind of report the rumors about all elite. And he was like, it's the bucks, it's Cody, it's Omega, it's Jericho, it's the cons and it's uh JR. And at the time that sounded so far fetched. And now here we are and it's April and all those people that were uh, reported as key players are literally part of it. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, he, he's not wrong. It's I, I know a lot of people hate Melter. I'm not one of them. I believe he is. A, I just believe he's a news source. That's what he is. And he has an opinion. Whether you respect or like his opinions, up to you. I mean, yeah, I don't agree with everything that Dave says. And he's not always right. But I've been listening to Dave and reading The Observer most of my life. And more often than not, he usually is right. <laughs> and I feel like people that hate him like don't understand his role in this industry or like the fact that all of us who do podcasts probably wouldn't be doing podcasts without him or even be smart fans without his uh, influence. Like, it's funny how, like, all the, the hatred towards him comes from smart fans, but they wouldn't exist without him. You know what? You know, you hate your creator. Yeah, that is, is kind of what it is. Yeah, you, he is the creator. I mean, because after, you know, he, he was smart, but he worked with the industry. Dave Meltzer just reports, you know. He 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 treats it as news. Of course, some people are going to give him, you know, bad things. To, you know, and going to give him like, hey, this is happening, and then they change their mind or whatever. Of course, oh, that's he, yeah. he's definitely wrong some of the time, but like his track record is so yeah, pretty like substantiated, and there's so many like verifiable people in the industry that are like, yeah, Dave has sources and. I mean, he's been doing this for, you know, what, 30 years? I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just always funny to me when I hear people, like, who, who've who been fans for five or six years say how much they hate Dave, and I'm like, what? 
<laughs> do you not know that like he was our news source like for the last like 30 years we didn't have anything else like there was no internet like what are you talking about absolutely absolutely he was the you know you had the paper for a long time well sir i believe that was the last piece of news today i'm getting a wrap it up sign from my fiance as she is trying to sleep and i am Tell loud her, thank you for lending your <laughs> to us, lending your time to us and it has been such a pleasure for me to be on the show um oh. and i'm looking forward to you know yeah. Everything that's coming up with with what you guys have going on. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on. Very last minute for me uh, it, today. You are the real MVP. Uh, I'm. I am glad to be. I am glad to be one of the. Uh, the reason I am with Social Suplex is because of your idea. So that is good. You know, I. I. Uh, I've, I've always respected you from afar because I've. <laughs> Can't fan of keeping the strong style every week when the show comes out. I'm like, before I even knew you, I was listening to your show and I knew your voice. So I definitely appreciate you being on the show. You're one of the, you definitely one of the people I respect as far as their opinions because you look at things with a more critical eye than me. You know, I am, because I am happy go lucky looking at the positive things every time, I need someone to sometimes bring me down. So. I need you to do that for me sometime. Well, it's one thing for me to have the idea for us to have the show, but it's another thing for you to, to bring it to life and carry it out every week. So, I mean, really, this is your baby. This is your show, and I'm just glad to be on it. Dude. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Should I should I do my plugs real quick? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. So you guys can um, – I don't have a Twitter. I don't do the social media, but you can follow my show at keeping uh, – Ki Strong Style. Um, you can also follow Jeremy uh, Donovan, my co-host at Jeremy L Donovan at tw on Twitter. Um, on Reddit, uh, he is the pro black guy. I am keeping it strong style. Our show drops as part of the Social Suplex uh, Network. Keeping it strong style. We cover. We are the best New Japan podcast in all of the internet. We are the ace of podcasts. We drop every single Tuesday morning. You can give us a follow, a listen, rate us, review us, and um, that will. And then you know all the other shows that we have on the network. And you can definitely follow us at uh, AT Elite Pod on Twitter. That's where I do most of my work. Uh, I am trying to get more into the Reddit game as it is, but uh, that is a new new world for me. So that is uh, that is fun. Uh, this show drops every Saturday, so it'll drop in a little bit. And, again, thank you for being on the show, Josh. And just remember, um, all week you listen to the Social Suplex, you watch your wrestling, but whatever you do, whether it's work, school, when it's play, always do your best to be elite.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 